Ion 2020 episode 164. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your super fly and slightly burnt host. Uh, coming back to you with another episode of Ion 2020. Thank you for joining me today, and I appreciate all those that continue to listen. I was over in uh, down in Daytona Beach over the weekend. Spent Friday through Monday there, so I did a couple of uh, pre-recorded episodes Friday and Monday for you. And I'm back, back to check out the news, back to let you all know what's going on with the 2020 election, all those things that have happened over the weekend and over the course of the entire election. I try to do a broad picture as well as uh, tie down some of those things that maybe you might not hear in the news every single day. A lot of people don't follow the 2020 election exactly to the T as I do. I just make sure that I keep an eye on those things for you guys so you don't have to. And here we are. It is Tuesday, so I appreciate you joining me today and coming on out and listening to the show. I went down to Daytona Beach over the weekend, and uh, it was fun, actually. We stayed at the, it's called the Hard Rock Hotel, and it's just a hotel that's based upon the Hard Rock Cafe theme, and I guess the original Hard Rock Hard Rock Cafe was over in London, is what they were saying, and they've kind of grown, and there's been a bunch of Hard Rock hotels around Florida at the time, and Daytona, they just opened up, but it used to be this really dumpy place that was called the Desert Inn, and that's actually where the uh, spring break and MTV Spring Break was filmed in Daytona Beach way back then. I guess back in the 80s, um, MTV. I remember watching it as a kid. Spring Break was filmed back then. It just kind of tells you, like, the, the hotel, what they did. I remember they were, I remember one day we were driving by there about two years ago, and they had gutted the entire place, and I thought they were going to tear it down. They took it down, basically. It's about a 10-story building, maybe, I think, seven or eight-story building, actually. And uh, they basically gutted that thing completely from when it was Desert Inn and just took it down to the cinder block. Not the cinder block, but the uh, the concrete structure. And uh, Hard Rock came in and they just put a lot of capital into that thing to redo the entire place, redo the whole pool area, redo just the entire thing. It was just amazing what they did to it. And it just kind of tells you the, the value of property on the beach, but it also tells you the value of capitals, capitalism that something that's a structure like the Desert Inn, which was... You know, a grandiose place back in the 70s and 80s slowly gets to the gets um worn down and you know becomes a trashy little place. And then Hard Rock could come in there and just redo the whole place and make it look like an absolutely gorgeous place for four or five. It's not five star resort, but it's like a four star resort now. And everyone loved it. The, the people there were friendly and everything. I mean, it was absolutely great. But it just shows you the power of capitalism and the fact that you could take something that. Uh, is just a dilapidated, dilapidated place and turn it into such a nice place just by the fact that somebody is able to invest in that particular business in order to make that thing happen. That doesn't happen. Like those types of capital investments and stuff don't happen like socialist economies. That's why you see places like Cuba where they do have like the, the grand hotel there in, you know, in the capital city, but all the other hotels are just completely 
you know, garbage dump places so that you'd never want to stay because they don't do the capital investment that you would need in a place like that. But yeah, I'm back and here I am. You know, I just, I really enjoyed myself. I'm relaxed, but I did not really focus too much on the news. That's why I'm not going to really do a news focused show this on this particular day. Uh, maybe tomorrow I'll go ahead and focus in on some of the news that I saw, but um, I just had to get away from it all, man. You guys know how it is when you're focused on, on politics. It's really just drain drains your mind. That's how it is for me anyway. So I'm glad to be back, and uh, here I am. I'm just going to keep on putting out great shows for you guys. But what I want to talk about today specifically was a uh, a tweet that I put out, and basically I just was thinking about something over the course of the last couple you know, the last couple of days, last couple of weeks or so, and I was just thinking to myself, the way that the Democrats are, they put out all these different ideas and these things that are going to help people become, you know, more equal everybody else and so forth. And I just wanted to talk about that because when they do that, when they talk about all this stuff, they're talking about taking away all the pains that everybody has or trying to fix everyone's problems. They're trying to solve everyone's problems by the government doing something for them. And that stuff drives me crazy. And the reason why. Because every famous person has their adversity story, right? They all talk about it. They all talk about, like, if you talk about millionaires, you talk about billionaires, you talk about famous people, you talk to even politicians who are running for office, and they all have that story of how they overcame adversity and they moved through that and inspired them. It challenged them. It made them who they are today. And when you have politicians who decide that, hey, I'm going to make policies that are going to help people and so forth, it get, takes away that adversity. And I'm not saying that people should just ha- people should be forced to have adversity in their lives. I'm just saying that those politicians, when they talk about that stuff, when they talk about trying to make everybody's lives better through government... I think that challenges in life help people out. I think it allows people to work through those things. Now, there are people that suffer. There are people in the world that are poor. There's people that are having challenges. There's people that are hungry all over the world. That's true. And adversity doesn't lift everybody out of, out of poverty. Absolutely, that's not true. But I just think that adversity does make you the, peop- the person that you are today. It makes them the people that they are today. And it allows them to get through those challenges and I just think that I, I just can't stand listening to politicians when they start making these little, you know, remarks that everyone needs health care, everyone needs to have a minimum wage, everyone needs this, everyone needs that. And the reason why is because, you know, that inspires people to, to move up. I mean, I was listening to that Nicki, not Nicki Minaj, who was it? One of those uh, people that Bernie Sanders was talking with some famous singer out in New York and he was talking about the minimum wage and all that. And she was saying that before she was famous and before she was rich, she had to, you know, make less than the minimum, you know, make $6 an hour, $5 an hour and stuff. And she always hated being poor and, it, and you know, all that stuff. She, she rised up out of that stuff. And Bernie Sanders was saying, well, you know, $15 an hour, if there was a $15 minimum wage, then you wouldn't have to deal with that, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, would she have become famous? Would she have just settled for that $15 an hour job? Would she have just kind of sat there and said, you know what, this is good enough for me. This is enough. Because people will settle. People settle every single day. So I just think that there's something within somebody's heart 
and in their spirit that pushes them forward to succeed. I know this from my own life that, you know, there's adversity in my life from the past and my challenge to overcome those things has led me to the place that I am today. And I think a lot of people have that same story. I was going through story after story after story of people who overcame adversity in their lives. Like Jim Carrey. I mean, you just talk to so many different so many different actors that I was listening. And I started looking at their stories and I'm like, wow, these are people that went through adversity and overcame it. They didn't look for a politician to fix their issues. They didn't look for handouts from the government. They fixed their own issues. They, they worked through them. They worked hard. They made things happen. Like Jim Carrey says that he was homeless before he was a famous comedian, right? It says, uh, I was looking through some websites and stuff, and I saw Carrey revealed to James Lipton on Inside the Actor's Studio that when he was 15, he had to drop out of school to support his family. His father was on unemployment, or was unemployed, and he was a musician, and he and the family went from lower middle, went from a lower middle class household to being very poor, and they eventually had to start living out of the van. So Carrey didn't let that stop him from achieving his dream of becoming a comedian, though, he went from having his dad drive him to comedy clubs in Toronto, and he, he did that every single day, going from comedy club to comedy club, just, you know, get, doing shows. But if some politician stepped in and helped them out, some politician promised the world to them, just got them to the point where they're willing, willing to settle, would he have gotten to the point that he is today? I don't know. You never know. Then you got someone like Oprah Winfrey. She gave birth to a child at 14 years old and lost that child soon after. She was raped and molested and uh, all that adversity in her life. She was from like a poor city in Mississippi and she ended up overcoming that adversity and became the first black woman to be on a newscast, an anchor on a newscast in Mississippi, was able to overcome that adversity. Now she's worth $2.9 billion. Is that amazing or what? And she's the same type of person, though, that would say that the government needs to take that adversity away from people. That the government needs to step in in all those situations. Would she have gotten there where she is today? Would she have been inspired to continue to do what she's been doing? If she didn't have some sort of adversity? I don't know. But I don't think that government is the answer to fixing everybody's problems either. And a lot of these politicians will tell you that they are the answer to fix everybody's problems, right? Everyone's heard the story of Thomas Edison, who's failed a thousand times before creating the light bulb, right? Just kept on going over and over again, trying new things, trying to make that light bulb work, because he knew that it would change the world, an electric light bulb. So, it's and it's debated. They say it's like a thousand times, maybe ten thousand attempts. Who knows? But he kept on going over and over again. Everyone's heard that story, right? Overcoming adversity, just not giving up. But if some government politician came in and said, well, you know what, the one that burns for 10 seconds, that's good enough. No, you know, that's, that's not true. He wanted more. And Thomas Edison was, you know, invented so many things, has to do with electricity, but it started with that light bulb, I guess. Jay-Z. Jay-Z, man, he could not get signed to any record labels when he was coming up in New York City. I guess he was from Brooklyn. And I love Jay-Z. I listen to his music. I think he's great. I've always liked hip-hop and rap music ever since the days of Eazy-E and NWA and all them, Tupac, 
I mean, but I really started listening to Easy E. It was like the greatest thing in the world. Listening to some guy I was cursing on records back when I was like, you know, fifth grade. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. The most rebellious thing you could do back then was listening to Easy E's Easy Does It album, and it was great. But you look at Jay Z. They say you know he was he would not he not, could not get signed by any of these record labels. But through that adversity, he ended up creating his own record label, Rockefeller Records, and he ended up being the guy that he is today, married to Beyonce, of all people. And they say he's worth $500 million. Is that insane or what? But would he be where he is today if he did not have that adversity? I don't know. <clears throat> I have no idea. Only, only, you know, there's no way to go back and tell. But you just wonder, right? Halle Berry... You know, the Oscar-winning actress, um, she was homeless in a homeless shelter in her early 20s out in Chicago. She went up there to become an actress, and she uh, she ended up being homeless, and she asked her mom for money. Her mom said, no, no, and she said, it taught me how to take care of myself and that I could live through any situation, even if it means going to a shelter for a small stint or living with my me- within my means, which were very meager at the time I became a person who knows that I always will make it on my own in my own way is that amazing like that's a great story she learned to make it on her own on a meager existence whatever it had to do whatever she had to do and now I mean you look at her she's in some pretty awesome movies and uh just uh I mean internationally famous actress right that's pretty impressive you look at Nicki Minaj she was actually from a immigrant family and uh, she said, and her story, she's worth like $14 million now. She's probably actually worth way more than that nowadays. I think this article that I was looking was looking at was written in like 2015, 2016. And she's pretty famous nowadays, Nicki Minaj. But she's from an immigrant family. And her mom, in her move to America, her dad used to beat them up and everything and sell their stuff for drug money. And uh, she said, when I first came to America, I would go on to my room and I'd kneel down at the foot of my bed and pray to God that he would make me rich so that I could take care of my mother. She didn't look to politicians to give her more money. She didn't look to politicians for that. Her thought was that she was going to pray to God, but then also that puts that in the back of your mind that you're going to work your butt off to make it happen. And that's how she got to where she is, by working her butt off, I guarantee it. No famous person got to where they are where they're not working their butts off. They didn't settle. They didn't settle for a, for some politician telling them that, that they should make $15 an hour or they should get free medicine or free health care or whatever. No. She wanted more. But would she have gotten there if there was some kind of government handout to her? I don't know. I have no idea. But that adversity definitely drove her, right? Then you got Jewel. I don't know if you guys know who she is. She was like a 1990s singer. And uh, she was a multi-platinum singer, actually. And she lived on the streets uh, after, you know, after losing her her job because the person that was the manager, I guess, hit on her and, you know, fired her because she wouldn't do what he told her, you know, do what he wanted her to do. And she said, I thought, well, living in my car for a minute um, to get, so that she'd live and, and get back on her feet after living in her car. And she said... The thing is, she had bad kidneys and stuff, so it was hard for her to keep a job because she'd always be out of work and stuff, and she ended up homeless, but she, you know, she made it through. She just And what she said is she just kept on going out there and singing. 
singing. She just kept on doing it. She wasn't looking for a politician to help her out or anything. So that adversity is there, guys. It is. But it drives some people to be inspired to do more. Way more. I mean, you look at um, Bill Gates, one of the richest people in the world. And he ended up, like, his first business was a huge failure. But then they, after that failure, I think they were trying to sell some kind of traffic system recorder that would allow them to analyze traffic systems or something like that. And he, after that failed, they didn't give up, though. You know, they didn't go on unemployment and try to find a new job. No. They went out and they started the company Apple with the Apple One. So there's lots of stories like that. Every person has their story. I'm sure you guys have your stories, too, of adversity and overcoming that. But it's when you look to the government, it's the people that look to the government that... I don't think that people look to the government, though. Not everybody. Most people don't look to the government. But the politicians are always there to tell you to look to the government. That's what it is. The politicians are going to tell you to look to the government. And I don't think that's the best place to be. But they're looking to get votes. And the more they can tell you how bad your situation is, the more they can tell you that they are the solution to that situation, the more likely they will to get votes for that. Because people will think that that is a solution. When in reality, the real solution is within yourself. And that's all I got for you guys today. As, I mean, that's all I got. I just thought that that was something I was thinking about. And I was like, I got to tell my listeners about this because I think it's just so important that we realize that, yes, there is adversity in life. And it's not the politicians that are going to solve those problems. It's you within yourself. And all those stories are there to help you to do that. Yeah, those people that I talked about, most of those people are probably like huge liberal actors, you know, and whatever. And they, they, they don't realize somehow they don't realize that that adversity is what helped them to get to where they are maybe or maybe they just think that being being the type of person that says yeah the government should fix everyone's problems or whatever that, that might make them feel like they're doing something for the world but i just think that people's adversity helps them out and it's not the politicians that are going to solve those problems and it just drives me crazy when they say they're going to because the reality is is that all they're trying to do is buy votes because they are not the solution to those problems. You are the solution to your problem. But hey guys, I appreciate you listening. If you want to, you can go ahead and follow me. That's iontheempire.com. You could also look me up Facebook and on Twitter, I on the Empire, and then uh, email me, ray at iontheempire.com. If you have an adversity story you can tell me about, that would be great. I'll, uh, I'll listen. I'll read it. And uh, if you want me to, I could read on the show, but I wouldn't you know, share your story unless you told me to, obviously. So um, yeah. And then if you want to, if you want to hear the show tomorrow, go ahead and subscribe to the show. And then if you would really, you know, really make my day, if you give me a five-star rating and review, and if you want to support the show, you can do that as well. And that's anchor.fm slash ion2020. And there you could support the show. You could also leave me a voice message there. If you want to share me, share a one minute story as well. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I appreciate you coming out today and listening and come on back tomorrow and you'll have clear vision for 2020.